In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, it's the guide to winning every argument with your wife. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, your humble servant, the Q-Dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Hello. Hello, baby. How you doing? I'm good. It is an exciting time because I have one of my favorite cups of coffee, or one of my favorite cups with coffee, and a topic that I think many of our listeners are tuning into because they are prepared to be winners and not losers. So today, as promised, we are going to give you the Man versus Marriage Guide. And if you didn't know this, when I put MVSM, that's Man versus Marriage. It's the Man versus Marriage Guide to Winning Every Argument with Your Wife. Now, Jeannie's going to play a key role in this particular episode because she's going to espouse the claims and confirm them that every argument we have, I win. <coughs> I told you to quit all that coughing and crap. Well, I was trying not to choke on my words. Yeah, well, I'm, I've got you scripted. So all I need for you to do in this episode is to read cold off the script. Nope. Here, I'm going to help you with that. You're right. And if you notice... I'm right. Exactly. No. This is what I need you to say. I, and I did use the proper your. You know how really smart people will say, you're okay? Oh, yes. Author and world. I understand. Y-O-U-R and not mm -hmm. Y-O-U-R-E. Um, not that I'm some saint when it comes to it. Anyway, let's get down to business. Here we go. Let Get a pen. Get a paper. Pause this briefly until you have one because I need you to write down... Every one of these keys at the top of the paper, you're going to write down this. A man's guide to winning every argument with your wife. Presented by MVSM. Here we go. The only way. The only way to win an argument begins right here. Here's the ground rules. If you're fighting to win an argument. You've already lost, buddy. Sorry to disappoint you. Yes, it was clickbait. But if you I mean, if you're gonna fight with your wife, that means she's a loser. Now look, there is there are arenas, you know, to not not that this is gonna sound terrible. There's arenas to beat your wife. We're talking cards, video games, sports. But when it comes to arguing, I'm really going to give you some ground rules so that you both win in the argument. And here we go. I hope you're still with me. I hope you're not asking for your money back. Number one, when it comes to arguing with your wife, you are going to fight for what is right for your relationship. You are not going to fight to be right and get your way. Because if you are fighting to be right in the argument, 
Ultimately, you lose because you will make your wife feel like a loser. Wouldn't you concur with that? Yeah. Yeah, you and I have conversations. I'm not reading that. <laughs> We've had arguments where um, you you might be right in that scenario, but sometimes it's easier to defer and to take a breather and come back to the conversation another day. And chances are, most of the time when you and I take a break to cool off and kind of think things through, um, we usually come around to the same conclusion. Well, and that, and maybe that's a product of us doing so much work together. Now there are times we're still at odds, but I'm I'm here to tell you, point blank, there's a big difference in being right and fighting for what is right, because fighting for what is right for your relationship means that you come into it with an open heart to compromise for you both, and you're willing to accept that your wife might have a different perspective. Uh, sometimes as a Moran, by blood, um, I get so committed to my point of view that I, I get emotional about it. And when I get emotional about it, I stop thinking logically. And then I'm more committed to proving why I'm right instead of looking at, uh, there might be another point of view here, and it may be entirely different than mine, and it could actually be right as well and then we can discuss this and find out what is right for our relationship i don't ever want to make you feel like you're losing in an argument and you coach rita taught us you know that you can be right all the time and then most likely you're going to be alone and there all we i mean i have people in my life, and I feel like I was one of these people at, at one time, that I had to get the last word in. I had to make sure that you knew, down to the detail, that I was right about what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. A lot of that happened with my grandma, mm -hmm. um, because she would say things to me that I knew weren't right, or that I thoroughly believed that weren't right, and we would just contend over and over and over again and that is exhausting not only for you but the people around you because what that eventually will do is lead you to a place of argument where you forget what the initial argument was all about <laughs> you know you're both both of you are adults not that you always act like it but you're adults you grew up in different homes and different atmospheres different traditions different uh, successes, different disappointments. So we bring baggage a lot of times into our relationship. I know arguing at your house was different than arguing at my house. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for uh, all intents and purposes, we have to figure out how to have a discussion with the things that we don't agree with. So I'm going to tell you now Here's another key, okay? You already have number one, which is fighting for what is right in your marriage, not fighting to be right. Now, you want to listen without defense, and you want to respond without offense. And I know that sounds very sports, like a sports analogy, but truly what we talk about when we're talking about listening without defense is being an honest and authentic listener. How many times in an argument, and honey, you could think about this, 
back in the early days, when we start arguing about something, you get caught on one word, and then you start building your response so you don't necessarily hear everything that person's trying to say. You may even pre-argue with yourself about what your wife is going to say so you are prepared and you don't get caught in one of those got-you moments. That means if you're busy thinking about um, a rebuttal, then you are not listening with your defenses down because you want to listen authentically. You want to hear everything she has to say and give yourself an opportunity to soak it all in. What do you say about that? I agree with you. Um, We've had a lot of situations where that's happened where you'll say something and it will sound like something that my dad said. I'm not reading the paper. I'm just not reading the paper. It's not going to happen. He's trying real hard, though. (laughs) No. um, You would say something and it would come off as something that my dad would say or something that, um, you know, felt like you were trying to control or manipulate a situation. And it wasn't necessarily that's what you were doing. That's just how I received it. And um, I sat on it. I waited for you to stop talking so I could nail you for it because I wasn't going to let you control or manipulate me. And unfortunately, that wasn't anything of what you were trying to do. It just happened to be the way that something was said or the way that I took the tone of it. And it spun in my head. Yeah. And then when I'm telling you that you need to um, respond without offense, you don't want to put yourself... It's it's a very bad idea to respond with sarcasm and grit in an edge in your voice or to make fun of something that you may not agree with because you might not completely understand it. But when you respond in a way that's offensive to your wife, the only thing you do is make matters worse. I used to argue with a lot of humor and sarcasm because that's the way my family and I argue. Say a little bit of something that hurts our feelings and then bend it around a joke. Not when you're arguing with me. It's not good. <laughs> it's, it's really not good at all because it's not productive. So when you, and, and here's a key, okay? Here's a key when you are listening and responding. When your wife is done talking, you're listening authentically. Everything she has to say, you're focused on her. You're concentrating on her words. You're soaking them all in. Then you can take a moment to use this tool, which is, if I heard you right, this is what I hear you saying to me. Is this correct? And this can go a couple of ways. And one way that it goes is, no, that's not what I said. Okay, well, that's what I heard. Caution, you don't want to start another argument. <laughs> you can politely ask, well, can you try again? And or then listen. What did you mean? Okay. What, what am I missing? What did you mean? Okay. Well, yeah. If I heard you say this, and that's not what you meant, what did you mean? What are you trying to say? And give her a chance to say it again. And there are times when Jeannie and I have had a very heated discussion going on where she says something. And I just come out and say, look, this is really hard for me to hear you say because this is what I'm getting from you, but this is not what I did. This is not my intention. 
this is not how I roll. This is not me. I don't operate this way. So I don't know where you're getting it. And we've had to shift those things around. In times past, some of those very heated discussions come around the sex talk. And, you know, if you were, if you've listened back to some of our, uh, some of our episodes on sex, you'll know that, you know, it, service was a word that was, it was a buzzword for her in a negative sense, but it's never something, I've never looked at it as a service between us, like something you signed up for, so you have to do it. That's not how I roll. And that was one of those places where continually she was saying it, I wasn't getting it. I think she was getting pretty frustrated, but I was just saying this is hard for me to hear because this is not who I am, yet you're saying something about me or an expectation about me that doesn't line up with me. So how do we work this out? And then from there, you might have to have a sidebar talk about it, right? Because it's like, well, this is what my mom, or this is what my dad, or this is what this and that happened. And then you can get down to the result of what some of those, quote, trigger words are that cause you problems. So It helped us figure out the difference between a need and a want. Yeah, that was a, and that was a big game deal. That was definitely game changer material in our relationship for sure. And it actually brought us closer into our relationship. So you're going to listen honestly, listen authentically. Don't sit there and think or say or come up with some sort of a rebuttal. Um, like Jeannie and I are about to get in an argument now because she insists on chewing ice in front of a microphone while we're trying to do this podcast, and I'm not very happy about it. Honey, we'll take a break after this podcast in a few minutes. Will you please chew ice then? Thank you. Love you big time. What did you hear me say? Stop chewing the ice. Okay, back to it. Listen without defense. And then respond without being offensive as best you can, even if you think the way she feels is ridiculous. Ridiculous in a funny way or ridiculous in how could you ever think of me that way? Either way, you do not want to respond with an offense in your voice or an offensive tone because you will only make matters worse. And then there will be more of a mess to clean up. So it's about what did you hear me say? Or I hear you saying this. Is this what you meant to say? Now, moving on to the next topic. What is that? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, so moving on to number three. This one is not always easy because it can be embarrassing and it might make you feel vulnerable. But you have to be honest about how you feel in this particular situation. And I know, guys, look, we're brute force dudes. We're men. We don't have feelings, but we do. We don't have emotions, except for we do have emotions, and we get emotional. So you need to be very honest with what you're hearing, how you feel, and what you're saying. Now, for Jeannie and I, we learned with Coach Rita that in order for you to be honest, you have to build that in your relationship, and then you have to ask permission to speak straight. And something that came up earlier this year for Jeannie and I was we're trying to say stuff, and finally it's like, you know what, I've got to say this ugly, and there's no disrespect in the way I try to say that, but 
I got to say this ugly and then we can clean it up because I don't know another way to say this. And how did that approach help you? Because I hear you repeat that often now. Yeah, I use it with the kids a lot when they try to say something and they're worried about um, getting in trouble for their words or not saying it the way we would want to hear it necessarily. <clears throat> so um, for me, it just helps me to think it, it switches something where I know don't get offended because you're not trying to hurt me with this. You're just trying to say it and you might not have the best words for it or it might be something that's difficult to get out. Um, it, it really works well with the kids, especially Good. because um, if I tell them when they're trying to tell me something and they, they're stumbling over it because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble or they're afraid they're going to say it, uh, a bad word and I'm going to get mad or whatever. It's like, you know what, just say it ugly. And then I'll help you fix it. But I want you to say it just to get it out there. And then I can, I know what we're dealing with. And nine times out of 10, the, that helps them to relax and, okay, I'm not going to get in trouble for this. You're not going to get mad at me for it. It doesn't mean I'm not going to like the words. Right. It just means that I'm making the choice not to get angry because you've already prefaced it with, this isn't going to sound good. So bear with me, you know? Well, sometimes as a uh, you know, sometimes as a human being, you have feelings that you don't really understand why you feel a certain way. And in times past, if I didn't understand it and I couldn't say it perfectly, I just wouldn't say it mm -hmm. because I want I don't know what it is, um, but I want to say things perfectly, and that doesn't help anybody. So what's coming after I'm going to say this ugly and clean it up is I don't know why I feel this way. I haven't I'm I can't clearly articulate why I feel this way, but I'm gonna try to work through these thoughts instead of doing it in silence. I'm gonna try to work them out with you so I can understand how I how I why I feel about uh, a particular situation. Why do I feel that way about it mm -hmm. or how I feel that that way about it? So that's something that you develop. Maybe you already have that. And then if your if your wife is saying something to you or or vice versa, in the moment you say, Okay, do I have your permission to say this super straight? And then you wait for a yes or no. There have been times where I've said no, I'm not even gonna lie. We've had we've had a few conversations where um and this is one of those things that we've learned. Um actually you've said no a couple of times too, where he's come in from a day that just a hell of a day from work things are, are maxed out and I don't know what's happened I have no idea what's been going on outside the doors of the house but by the time he gets home you can kind of tell he's on edge but I might have something that's sitting on me and we need to have a talk and I as soon as I can see it and I ask him can I can we have a conversation he'll tell me no I, I'm at my limit if you can hold on to it for a little while can we, you know, revisit it maybe tomorrow night at date night? Or can you just give me like an hour or two and let me get out of work mode? Whatever it is. And it's okay to do that as long as you have the understanding between each other. I'm not saying no because I don't want to hear what you have to say. I'm saying no because I'm absolutely maxed out. And if you push me right now, I can't promise that I'm not going to say something that's going to hurt or that I'm going to actually be listening to every word. Um, sometimes I think the reason we've come across that is because in the past you've had stuff that was going on at work, things that were said, things that were going on. And I said something when you got home that kind of resonated with what was being said 
at work and it just caught you the wrong way. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't intended to be that way. It was just my approach and the timing. Trust me, timing is everything when you're going to have a serious conversation or something that you know is going to lead to an argument. Yeah. Timing definitely needs to be thought about. You don't just, you know, definitely don't do it when she's cooking by the stove. You're liable to get hit in the face with a pan or, you know, hot food thrown on you, something to that effect, depending on who you're married to. Yeah. If you're married to Medea, Medea. you know what's coming. (laughs) So, and I mean, there there are still times and, you know, that it comes about for me that I do have to quietly work through some things. But me being quiet was a point of contention in mine and Jeannie's relationship really early on because when she would just talk, 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 talk about stuff, and I would go quiet. And that's because I need to think and process and really work through what you're telling me because, you know, I— I have an understanding that I don't everything I think isn't right, so I try to work through it. But this that was way before we ever started um, any kind of marriage development. That might even have been when we were dating. It was that early because I just remembered you giving me the business in the car. And it's like, why are you so quiet? So well, I'm trying to think about what you're saying. And I don't know. That, you were not a fan of that in the moment. Maybe you're more of a fan of it now. I'm I'm used to loud houses. When somebody says something to you, especially when they're pissed off about something or frustrated about something the other person usually has something to say in a very loud manner back so it was unusual to have you just clam up and go silent like wait a minute you're not fighting with me you're not talking to me what the hell is wrong with you why are you not saying anything (laughs) (laughs) we got over that though yeah i for whatever reason i try to be a very calculated person um in my thoughts and my responses and uh I have the ability to get very hot-headed, and I've been working through that for many years not to be a hothead because at my core, I'm pretty hot-headed. I mean, you've seen me and my brother and my sister, my family, period. Anyway, uh, moving on, is next. the next thing is you got to own your hard feelings. When you don't feel good about something, it's okay to express that. You're not going to be happy about every single thing that happens. That's why it's called a compromise, and you're fighting for what is right. And a lot of times, those hard feelings kind of dissipate a little bit when you've had a day or two to let the dust settle. But when you don't feel good about it, you need to own that. And when I say own that, what does that even mean? That means you don't lash out because your spouse struck a nerve. You need to understand the reason they struck a nerve is because that's a hard feeling that you have on the inside and it's something that you need to get situated. You've got to get yourself in order. And sometimes we can just become way too defensive when somebody is over the target. And um, I found out in my relationship that just letting Jeannie know this is hard for me to hear. This is a hard thing for me to talk about. She's much more responsive and it it just builds a, a better level of trust because she won't use that against me. She doesn't humiliate me over that because I have hard feelings about something. She's actually a very soft place and a safe place to discuss things with. Well, and we don't tell each other how we're supposed to feel about what's said. So, for example, if I say something and you tell me that's very hard for you to hear, 
I'm still going to apologize because my intention was not to hurt you. It's to bring something to the surface. However, he has a right to feel the way he feels. So for me to turn around and you shouldn't feel that way. That's not what I meant. That's not, how, that's not what I was trying to do. You shouldn't feel that way. That cuts your validation. That, that just absolutely cuts to the core of things where you're not allowed to feel. And that takes away your vulnerable spot. That takes away your safe place to land. That, that right there takes away everything. Owning your hard feelings and owning your part are huge in an argument. Yeah. Um, in, in any conversation, really, we've had times where um, Quincy will say something and he didn't mean for it to hurt me the way that it did, but it did. And it, it's not because he didn't think that that wasn't what your intention was. That wasn't how you meant it. Um, you can go back and use the bikini as the example. I for a whole day, I was pissed, but I wasn't mad at you. I was mad at me. Yeah. And it part of me was like, I should be mad at you because you didn't react a certain way. But at the same time, it's like, but I don't want to be reliant on that. But it did hurt me. It did obviously because it made me angry. Whether I got mad at you or I got mad at me, it made me angry. Yeah. But you still came back and owned your side of it and apologized. Even it wasn't intentional. None of it was intentional. But it still... It puts me in a place where I'm validated. You're not going to cut me down. You're not going to tell me I'm I, that what I feel or what I say doesn't matter, because those things right there will shut down all communications. Slowly but surely, it will shut everything down. You and I have had had that experience where I would just go quiet. I'm the talker. I'm the. If Quincy came home and I was quiet, there was a storm brewing, and everybody in the house knew it. Especially if I was deep cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm deep cleaning, he's he's trying to figure out who did what. <laughs> you know, one would think I could use that to my advantage, but I won't. But I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't have planned that to work out any better. Um because you segued in and you covered number 5, which is allow both yourself and her to have feelings and don't tell them how See, to feel. See, I thought number 5 was don't be an ass. No, that's a completely different episode. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. it applies here too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the the cool thing is get a cough button for Jeannie. Sorry. The cool thing is is that I used to be a professional at telling Jeannie why she didn't feel the way she felt because what I did wasn't actually what she thought I did or what I said didn't actually mean what she thought. And I'm also I was also the king of that. Because I tend to look at things in life a little bit differently. And one of, the, one of the examples that stands out in my mind before we close this out was a year that we were talking about Christmas. And mm -hmm. I think you might have been in Lake Havasu helping your grandparents or something. It's very early in our relationship. I think we were just dating at the time or engaged. And you were like telling me about Christmas and if you had to stay there, what it was going to be, you know, for you not to have Christmas with your family. And I was like, well, you know, I haven't had Christmas with my mom and dad since I was five years old. So oh, I remember this conversation. you actually have a lot 
to be thankful for. And I started giving her all the reasons why she shouldn't feel so upset. This is before I ever knew how big of a deal Christmas was to you. <laughs> but I would but I would look at myself and my circumstance and say, I try to find the bright spot where I'm at. Not saying you don't, but you know, it's like, well, I haven't had these things forever and I've been in this situation and I'm still okay. So no matter what, you know, whatever crap you got going on, you should be okay too because you need to find the bright side of it. And that was me explaining away something that was very dear to you and how you felt instead of me trying to understand a little better where you was coming from. And that was just a, you know, a young 19, 20-year-old me. I was very committed to the way I believed about everything. And I, you know... I remember you're the same guy that said, the kids don't need a lot of presents. They only need one thing to open on Christmas morning, and that's it. That's all we need to do. No. <laughs> that's not how it goes on this side of the table. Well, that's not. Ne- I haven't necessarily <laughs> changed that uh, point of view, but it is very special, and you've made me love Christmas. You. This is impromptu, but you've made me love Christmas more than I ever loved Christmas before. I'm a man of faith, you know, I'm part of the Christian faith, so Christmas is dear to me anyway because of the holiday itself. But seeing the joy that Christmas brings you and it brings that giddy side out of you and how you love to do and serve and just pour your heart out into these kids, man, I just, I love Christmas because I love the way you love Christmas. It's a change in me. It It's great. You know, I I think you share some of that sentiment when you watch a movie that's not funny, but you watch me watch a movie that's funny, and oh I crack gosh. you up. That that's the best part. That that's part of what we've learned over the years is we don't like a lot of the same things, but watching each other enjoy those things is the best part of it. I ca- I cannot stand stupid humor movies. I just don't care for them. I will sit here smacking my own forehead trying to figure out why these people are so stupid while Quincy is cackling his head off, kicking his feet with my kids following suit. And I'm over here going, okay, well, watching that is a whole lot better than watching the movie. But it's a compromise. You want to watch it with everybody. They like it. You like it. I can get an enjoyment out of watching you. And most of the time, that's, that's what it is, is watching you and then watching Mo. Oh my goodness. When Mo loses it, it's great. Yeah, it definitely is. <laughs> all right. That is that is all you need to get started in winning every argument. That's all you need. I'm tr- trust me when I say you put these um these five things into practice and you're gonna feel like you're winning more when it comes to difficult conversations and arguments with your wife. That is your guide. I set that up for you. I set you up to be a winner, bro. You're welcome. And I got to give a major shout out to a, a man by the name of JJ. New listener. Guy's a super stud. Love the feedback. Greatly appreciate the feedback. I gave Jeannie the feedback, and she loved the feedback. So thank you very, very much for listening. Super shout out to JJ. Appreciate you, man. That's it. That's your guide right there. A man's guide to winning every argument with your wife.
presented by Man vs. Marriage, the podcast. That's Jeannie Moran, and I am the Q-Dog, and this is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.